It's that's disgusting. <laughs> Ugh. 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 Hey, uh, it's okay uh, that you're not as prepared as I was this morning. I'm fine. I'm fine to wait for you. You're worth it. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate you cut me some slack this morning there, Mr. Fairbanks. Uh, oh, it's, I couldn't hear that over your ego. What? <laughs> it's just me and my ego in the Sorry. room. And I'm going to I'm gonna have to, I have to leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what we're, what we're uh, for those listening, I completely, uh, I just, I basically completely forgot that there was a podcast this morning. So I get a text. It's like, what are you doing? Are, are you going to like, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Ball roll or... <laughs> it's so funny because like, oh, I, wrote, I, I wrote this really crass text and I'm like uh, no I, so I sent you a nice one but I should have just sent the crass one because that's what you're going to tell you everybody should've. I said anyways <laughs> yeah you should have it was, it was well deserved No, it was, I had, um, out of the blue all of a sudden I was looking over and uh, one of the dogs Veda's friend's dog whatever it's Talia's aunt is in the backyard. I'm like, oh my gosh, did she run away? And I just yeah. got completely sidetracked. And anyhow, so uh, I, I wanted to kick this off because uh, previously, you know, you you shared a little bit of your past and your rap days, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, hey, let me see if I can dig through and uh, uncover something out of my past. And so, uh, you know, I, your host, Prince of Pain. Jeff Fairbanks, a.k.a. The Triumph Project, along with my co-host, Jason Macaluso. I'm not trying to butcher his name anymore. Nice job, um, man. I, I wanted to come and kind of even the playing field. So this is, this is what I came up with. It's terrible. It is terrible. I'm just saying. I'm just, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, you got to wait for it. Wait for it. Hopefully the tape player is going to work. Dude, that's you. It sounds like you singing. So you think I was singing, huh? That's what I thought. You know, what's funny is that was actually not the song I was going to try to play for you. <laughs> but it but sounds like your voice. It totally sounds like your voice. You, okay, that, that's me singing. But, but here's the thing. This is on a tape that I found in the bin in the garage, like from when I was a kid, right? I was 17 right here. Uh, <laughs> And uh, 
kind of you could see I threw in a, I threw in an F bomb. So of course of you early, did. My, my early days, but I was trying to find a different song, but it's on a tape. So a we tape. bought this old school twenty dollar tape, you know, I, cassette player, cassette so that player, I could yeah. connect it to a speaker to try to find it. But let me tell you how much I forgot. What a pain in the ass it is to try to find where you are in the song. Exactly. I mean, I, in the tape, I mean. I like when I was texting you, I'm like trying to queue up a song. I think it took five minutes just to re- just to rewind it to some point. Yeah. I'm like, I'm exactly. Try to see if this is where it is. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I'll try to close out with the other song, but um, but uh. Wow. Yeah. How much? So 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 that was you singing. Yeah, that was me singing. I was the lead singer in two bands. Um, that was the first band, um, that I was in. And again, like I said, uh, I was horrible, but we were, we were high school kids and we had, we had, we had a blast. So that was a buddy of mine. Uh, his name was Keith. He played guitar. He was, I thought he was super good. And then his brother played bass. His name was Scott. And we had a drummer. His name was Phil. And, uh, in that particular song, what was, what, what I remember is, uh, we played one party. That was like a big deal. Of course. Uh, it's out in front of some kid's house. I don't know. And I cursed. There's like a song where it says, um, I said like something like stupid fucking whatever. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of at the close of the song. So it's like all the instruments kind of die down. And that's kind of like the ending. Just and, you. Uh, the mom just happened to walk out or something. Uh. Right. And I, her face was just like, get out of my house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, ah, shit. Um, and so anyhow, we, we played together in, in high school just all the time. Um, because you know, what else do we have to do? I'm now surfing and right and doing that. And so, yes, I, I, I was singing and we, we, uh, my favorite song, actually the one that, um, got me to be their singer was that it was really weird. I don't know how people write music. Right. Not, I don't know if I'm creative in that light, but what would happen is they would, they would mess around and make like a song and mm-hmm. then they'd, they'd send it to me on a tape and go like, here you go. And I'm like, well, shit, what am I, <laughs> you know, what do right. I do with this? I don't, I'm not a musician type person. And so I would just listen to the thing over and over again in my room and just something would just come to me. And so this one song in particular that I was hoping to find and mm-hmm. play for you is actually, I don't think it's all that terrible. Um, <laughs> and I was kind of proud of myself for making up the song, but what happened was is, so, yes, here's another story. Um, I'll, just, I'll just spit it out for you so you don't want to save the time. Um, Thank you. They send me the tape, and they're like, oh, can you write something to this? I come back to them and go, and I think I have something. And so what they did was they just played. And then I just, you know, they handed me some shit mic mm-hmm. with, you know, I don't know, some amp. And I sang the song, and they were like, well, holy shit, that sounds like some band. I had no idea who it was. And then they're like, you should sing for us. And then I was like, okay. But I think what the problem was, I think I kind of made like one okay version of that, and then the rest is just total shit. So they're like, God damn it. But then we're all buddies. So we he went to the well, and that was it. There was nothing left after that one song. You were like a one-hit wonder of the 80s. Yeah, kind of a one-hit It was just, just for the people and myself in the room. Like, yeah, this is good. And, then, and the mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was yeah. your biggest fan. She was secretly your biggest fan. I think so. I so think I you, still get letters. She's probably a lot, so I might have lost a couple. She's probably but. following you on Instagram right now, so I'd be careful. Probably. Groupie. 
Yeah. See all these groupies. There's, I see. I've told you the Prince of Pain groupies. Did I not say that last time we spoke? Apparently. Apparently there we I'm go. Just, I'm still in denial. Exactly. In the early stages. <laughs> so, okay. So there you go. There it is. I thought here. Here is my thought for today, and you can convey what you uh, what you think. Um, I thought we could kind of keep it shorter, if you will. Um, I have a guest, another guest speaker um, next week for next Tuesday. Cool. Um, and I'll kind of keep that a surprise. But I was hoping we can kind of go over some tips and tricks, like things that you and I have learned, because obviously different different paths into this and different timelines doing it. But little things maybe that people that are coming into it, like when people shared some things with me, I was like, gosh, really? Like, right. damn it. You know, and so I did that stuff. And I'm wondering if maybe we could start there and see what kind of unfolds. Um, yeah. Or if you want to start somewhere else, I'll just let you take the reins, man. No, I like I like the tips and tricks. I'm digging it. Okay, so you want to you want to hear something that I think I got a lot of I get a lot of weird stares when I do this, and uh, or at least I, I at least I feel like I do. But um, let me tell you something about a how about how about a wetsuit tip? Uh huh. Or starting from the beginning. Okay. Is that cool? Let's yeah. Let's start like for, swim, then bike, then run. Let's go. All right. Okay. So for, for swimming for me, and then you can share, I, I came from, and I'll give you an embarrassing story too. My first ever triathlon wetsuit, right? I, I, I bought it. It shows up and I go to put it on and I'm a size, I wear, I've worn a size medium wetsuit, like from all my surfing days. Yeah. Right. I try to put it on and I can't zip it up. And I'm like, so I get all kind of fired up and I'm like, are you shitting me? Like I, you know, spend all this money there's like no really no instructions on how to put the thing on and i can't fit it and so wait so I, I i'm not gonna say who i you know maybe i shouldn't say the brand or whatever but it's not so. the brand's fault i'm going with it's not the brand's fault <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i thought at the time i'm like what a piece of shit uh-huh. and so i i i i don't know if i called or sent an email or did something and they basically were like hey why don't you watch this video have you seen the youtube video or whatever how to put a suit on and I'm like, in my mind, keep in mind, like I came from surfing since I was like, you know, 15. So I'm thinking in my, that response to me was offensive. I was right. Like, I'll I show you. Video on how to, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Like, and so, <laughs> so here comes my humble sauce. I uh, watched the video and I realized that you don't, put, at least for this brand, you didn't keep the wrists. The wrists didn't fall right at the wrist location. The ankles didn't didn't rest right at the ankle location you pulled them up like two to three inches on the arm you know three to four inches on the leg yeah sure shit i do that and then all of a sudden magic Uh zips up right (laughs) so just you know full-on hit me in the face um kind of you know i guess virtually embarrassing because i don't wasn't in front of the guy or anything right but so now here's that's not my tip piece. That was just my kind of introduction into like triathlon wetsuits and being that they were a bit different. Now, when I was surfing, there was a brief period in time when when a couple manufacturers tried to go like all rubber in the front, mm-hmm. and they thought like, oh, with wind and you know all these different things, you know, uh, it would be a better suit. But they they kind of ripped a shit ton, you know, um, and I don't think that that ever really caught on in at least you know at, when i exited the search mm-hmm. world and so when i came into triathlon you know it's it's all rubber and so i immediately knew 
you know, like, oh, I got to be careful with these things. And then you get all the write-up, you know, warnings and whatever. Like, here's yeah. your white gloves to put on, <laughs> on a suit and stuff. I don't, that was weird to me. I thought I thought that meant that you got, like, a nice suit and your white gloves. Suit, the white right? glove like, service. Yeah. And so so I see these gloves and all of a sudden I'm like, what the hell? So here's my tip. And is my sound goofy, but I'm telling you that this works. The rubber on the outside is attached to the in- the interior components of the suit, which is the beef of it, which has which has a uh, a material uh, to it, right? So you mm-hmm. can grab it basically. So if you flip your suit inside out and you enter in through, so your your suit is completely turned inside out, and you go to put your suit on by stepping through your feet. Mm-hmm. And if you pull, especially for the higher ankled or maybe even mid calf, like my, my Xterra suit, mm-hmm. my old Xterra suit, that thing went right underneath my calves. So you, you're pulling it up like three, four something inches, you know, or whatever. Yep. Um, and so if you step through the ankles, you're able to use kind of the inside out methodology by being able to grab the material anywhere you want and not fear of like your nail or, you know, ripping it as easily when you go from outside in. Gotcha. And so it might sound goofy to you, but, or maybe to those listening, but to me, it works super well. I don't have to worry about it, especially if you're like sweaty. Like, I don't know if you've tried putting those things on. It's hot. I know. Um, it, it could take you like 15, 20 minutes yep, yep. to gently go through it. Right. And so I've utilized that trick. Um, I don't see it a lot. Like I don't, really see other people changing that way so maybe i'm just a freak but for me <laughs> I, you know i it, i don't really i don't put a lot of holes you know i don't put a thumb through my suit or whatever and it lets me kind of set my length like I, when i step through the ankle i can actually pull it up uh-huh. to the location yeah. i want it and then start unrolling it you know like up and then you know you just stick your arm through everything and you can grab me anywhere you want pull it tight it whatever and so there you go it, it like kind of unravels itself onto you. There's my tip for swimming. I was actually going to, um, well, you kind of, I don't, so part of one of my tips that I did with mine is I actually cut the bottom of my wetsuit to, to have it ride up higher, right? So where you're telling me that your wetsuit originally was designed to go above your calf or right around your calf, um, mine was a little longer and it was fine putting it on but taking it off was a pain in the in the you know what's so i actually cut the bottom of mine so it's right around my calf okay uh, because i mean how much you don't really like what do you need down there right it's like you don't need anything down there you, you the bulk of your suit should be upper body shoulders and quads not on your on your ankle so that just allows it to come off easier in transition okay so that's and it my doesn't thing spray? No, so like the that. other so the other cool thing is then you know so so then I went online and bought like like a wetsuit you know survival kit or patch kit and um, it's actually really cool. So I got two things in this kit. It was a little patches that you could cut and then you could basically put them in all the seams on the inside of your suit and they just iron right on like um, you know like when you used to iron patches on your denim jacket in the eighties. Same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Iron Maiden patches. Exactly. And it also comes with glue. So when you get that proverbial fingernail tear, you just throw some glue in it and it seals it right up. 
So okay. that was, and, and it took me 10 years to find out that they actually make this stuff. But it, so that's my, you know, you just go on Amazon and, and they're all the same and it probably won't cost you more than 20 bucks. But while you're on Amazon buying this, my two words of advice are body glide. Huh. Do you use body glide? <gasps> no. Dude. Uh-uh. That stuff is like the savior of saviors. You know what it is, though. No. Okay, here we go. Write this down. So it's, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it looks like a deodorant stick. And you just you slather it on the back of your neck and on your, on your wrist. Wait, wait, and hey, wait. Did you say body glide? I think my wife and I may have used that. Yes. You put it on wetsuit? <laughs> this is not the one that tastes like cinnamon. Uh, it's not the one. It's not the one, dear. <laughs> okay, sorry for the interruption. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's not the one that tingles when you put it on. No, listen. If you ain't laughing at this, something's wrong. With you. Just fucking click off. Okay, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. So there you go. So you put it on other parts of your body, not the parts you're thinking of. Um, and uh, yeah, prevents chafing. So there you go. Huh. Body glide. Well, you, you know what I wonder if you're uh. They used to sell wetsuit repair kits. I'm curious if it might be something to consider because I'm, I'm assuming if like the neoprene type stuff, the glue and all that jazz um, might be worth checking if you're looking for whatever your survival kit thing was that you mentioned. Because yeah. sometimes they market things to like, you know, different markets with a different price. Like you can get a wetsuit repair kit and let's say it's like five bucks and then you right. get a triathlon survival kit and they want right. 35. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. They just slap a different name on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the case. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay so that's swimming now those the tips we gave kind of there are more materialistic maybe do you have any tips that would be from um the actual effort itself like have there any tips that you because you came from the swimming background right and i didn't yeah so, yeah here's my so this is this is my go-to here's my go-to race start swim um tip uh, so let's just assume that it's a it's an open water swim and you're starting either on the beach or, you know, you're in your up to your knees right in water. Um, I always, always, always 100 percent time go all the way as far as I can to the outside. Maybe, you know, from the start. Right. So everybody congregates in the shortest distance between the start and the first buoy. I always go to the very left. You know, if the farthest point out, let's assume it's a, it's a clockwise uh, course. I always go to the very left-hand side. Um, but the point is, is you're going to swim an extra 10 yards because it's not the, the shortest distance. But 100% of the time, you're going to avoid all that, those initial elbows and, and knees um, into your face. So that's mm. my go-to. I do it all the time. And I start, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I didn't get kicked, and because I have a straight shot with no kicking, you actually come up. You actually come ahead faster than if you were right in the middle and you got bunched up right at, right at the start. So, always, all the huh. time, start, start on the outside. Never start in the middle. Never start in the middle. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I get really nervous with like a lot of people generally. Like yep. not a, not like a phobia. I just am like, oh, that's a shit ton of people, and so I've done that. Just kind of think. I think subconsciously gone mm-hmm. to the outside piece um but i had a diff so maybe I, i'm just saying that's good for me to hear that 
other people kind of do something similar that's a good thing to do because right. i did kind of worry about oh am i swimming like way way more or what but um i'm still struggling to kind of swim a straight line like i don't feel like i'm goofy um like where i where i used to be which mm-hmm. is i would just zigzag like the whole time right. so I, I probably if you if it's a mile swim i might be doing 1.5 right like, right but i've been also mad at swimming because my times have gone poopy like i've yeah. gotten worse and i've trained more so it doesn't make any sense to me so i'm like on, I've, i'm like in a picket line against swimming right now to, if i'm just <laughs> being honest with everybody um so I've actually been like, yeah, screw you. And I haven't swam for like two weeks. Yeah, but can I ask you a I'm question? Like, yeah, well, how do you like that? Oh, do you show you them? Know? So, but let me ask you a question because, right. and this is, this is serious because I had this conversation with my, with my business partner who's also a triathlete. So since his last race of the year, call it, I don't know, September. So we're, you know, we're two months in from in his off season and he's done nothing but swim. So he's just swimming. He's not been biking at all and he's running a little bit. And his swim times have gone faster, like exponentially in the past two months, where because I'm doing a lot of lifting and swimming and still doing some biking and running, my swims is not getting any faster. My conversation with him is, do you, do you think that because you personally are doing more biking or running or lifting or anything else, it's causing your swim to just kind of plateau because you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, your body just can't do everything. Right. Like you right. can't get faster at swimming, biking and running at the same time. So if you're spending a lot of time doing other sports, because that's what this is, it's a triathlon, um, plus maybe some lifting and stuff like not everything can get faster. That's kind of my conversation with him because he is tearing it up in the water. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm not sw- I'm not biking or running. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm like, you know, that's oh, good point. That that's an interesting point because I've not thought about it that way. Um, and when I, when I think about my history with the sport, it, that kind of rings possibly some truth because Ha-ha. I started out, you know, coming from surfing, I thought I, I thought I could swim. Right. And that, then that was a big kick in the teeth. Right. But the bike was my worst discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking, horrible like yep. i have kind of fatter legs like i have like fatter calves i guess if you will i guess my mm-hmm. leg itself isn't fat but i have like thicker calves and so when i came into this sport i thought oh i should be able to bike for some reason i i thought that because i had big calves i should be able to bike i, yep. I just that was my that was what i thought <laughs> and that couldn't have been further from the truth right so i oftentimes felt like that guy was a you know not a good runner and then i thought it'd be an okay biker and then i thought i could just handle the swim because of Mm -hmm. surfing Mm -hmm. and when i first started out i generally was swimming i think better than i thought and again i don't really care so much about place and speed and all that shit but i think personally you just people shoot for things right and so i just had an expectation lower and i kind of like exceeded that Mm -hmm. so then i got on the bike and what would happen is that you know, I did a lot of sprints. And so Mm -hmm. I would come out, obviously, it's a shorter swim distance, but then I would just watch people just motor me on the bike for the, which was the majority of the race, especially in the sprint. And you might do 12 and 14 miles, right? Yep. And you only swim like 500 yards. So I would watch, you know, for 30 minutes, just everybody going past me. And then I would frantically try to run as fast as I could to try to catch people. Right. 
and maybe you catch a couple. But it's funny you say that because I'm wondering now that I've put a lot more effort into the biking yeah. and I've noticed that I've gotten a lot better for myself. But the one thing I haven't, and I would say running, I think I'm okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I would say that I've seen a detriment in swimming. Like I was faster, I would say two years ago from what, for for me, I'm faster without a wetsuit swimming in Florida for a half than I've been with wetsuits in the last two swims by like three minutes. But how's your bike and run progressed? Like like multiple miles an hour. There you faster. go. That's the that's my that's my theory in, in talking to my so you might partner, be right. Andy, is because he is just he's telling me the times he's throwing down right now, and I'm like, and we're swimming probably the same amount of yards per week, and we're probably similar swimmers, but he is just so much faster than me right now, and I'm like, yeah, but dude, I'm biking, running, and started lift a lifting program. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> I'm like okay so that's my that's my spitball thought the 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 best line i ever read in one of the many books that i read was your body so so stress on your body is stress right so it your body can't differentiate you know swimming biking running marital stress work stress uh environmental stress stress is stress is stress so and there's only so much stress you could put on your body. So if we as triathletes start throwing all, all these other stressors on our body, something has to give. And then again, for you and for me right now, maybe it's a swimming part because you're focused so much on everything else. And you're, you freaking Zwift like a madman. You're on there like two hours at a clip. So yeah, that, that's yeah. my thought. My thought is your body is just like I'm giving 110% effort to recover from the bike. And then when I get in the pool, uh, I got nothing, dude. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so I think that that's my that's my thought. Huh. I just say, no, it's interesting. I just think, you know, maybe people can comment on that. But I think definitely an interesting perspective. So I appreciate that. But I yeah, want to share my tip that someone gave me for, for the swimming effort, because you were saying the body glide thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Mine Not the cinnamon brand, the one that the tasteless one. <laughs> okay, so cinnamon. So I don't know. So peppermint. Mine is a breathing. Peppermint might be better. Okay. Just for me personally. Uh, so uh, candy canes from a from a guy. <laughs> Stop making it about you, <laughs> the, This dude I was swimming, this was in Seattle, and we would live near a lake. And so in the spring and summer, I could swim in the lake. And this guy was, um, he said, hey, uh, do you mind if I give you a tip? And I was like, yeah. And so he had mentioned that he'd, he had been swimming with this, uh, I guess it was like a collegiate swimmer or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like an outdoor swimmer. And he was mentioning that this this kid was telling him to like this breathing technique that he was doing. And I used to do um, a breathing technique where, what is it? It's like every three strokes or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what you try to do or something. And eventually that just makes it to me where I'm like, I can't do this. I got to right. breathe like every stroke or something. Mm-hmm. And so he was like watching me, I guess, in the lake and was saying, hey, try this. And so it basically goes... Let's see if I can do this in my head because remember, <laughs> those listening, you always hear me talk about the swimming calligraphy or like 
whatever the hell that is hieroglyphics i feel like but <laughs> you start out swimming and you would go like stroke breath stroke breath and then you'd hit your stride of one two third stroke you'd be rotating to your other side and you would repeat that process of one two breaths hit your three next side two breaths and I felt like when I had been trying so hard to do three to a breath and three mm-hmm. to a breath, that I was always just, you know, wanting more air. Gasping for air, moved, sure. Yeah, especially when I first moved to Colorado, you know? Oh, yeah, I right. That I just wanted more air. And so um, when I did that, that kind of two and then whatever, um, it felt like I was breathing more. Now, why I give this, why I give this tip is where this has helped me is that that sort of helped me, um, I guess, set a breathing pace. And Mm -hmm. so when I've started the races, here's my, here's my kind of dual tip. That breathing technique for me has been a pace setter for when I start the race. And I realized that, um, I believe that a lot of people, since we train alone and then you kind of show up and I was conveying that, I, you know, I look around and I get a little bit nervous by the amount of people. I think that people get elevated. Like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of, kind of like energy going on or you're yeah. about to start the race. And so people have an elevation that they may not even realize. And then when they start the race, I think that they're going at a pace, um, you know, coupled with excitement that is greater than they would be doing normally. Mm-hmm. And so I think that within the first, you know, I don't know, maybe even minute, these people have, have exerted themselves more and then put a detriment on the remainder of that swim and possibly even the remainder of the bike and the run. And so I've used that breathing technique to make sure that if I can't sustain that and the first, like, let's say if it's a, you know, like a half and let, mm-hmm. like the way the buoy set out is, if I'm halfway to the first buoy and I'm gassed, I'm, I know that I'm, I'm blowing my game. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So that's my tip is that whatever, whatever you do in your, in your pool cadence, because I've noticed that the pool cadence is not your outdoor cadence. Like right. you, you're, you're pretty much a bit slower than the, at least in my opinion, you're a bit slower than you are in the pool. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yep. And so I think that whatever your pool cadence is for your breath, if you can take that and use that as like, a barometer for your first go out like even in the first 30 seconds like are you panting if you're panting mm-hmm. you better seriously hit some breaks because i just think that subconsciously and unknowingly you, you're you're cracking way too much throttle and i think if you can save it to be something where i i feel like oh my gosh am i going slow and then let's say there's three buoys and you want to start kicking ass on that final buoy i'd way rather finish that thing strong right then kind of feel like i hit that first buoy and you see those people they turn the corner hit right their head pops up and they start breaststroking you know and i'm like okay so i think i think that's my that's my helpful tip that i've used to try to calm myself and keep myself in check there you go i like it as a calming technique i'll even take it so so i like it as a calming technique period. I'll take it one step further. And that's kind of one of the things I, when I'm like a couple of weeks out from my first race, I actually, some of my swim intervals uh, look like that, but they're the opposite. They are, you know, doing 75s. So, so three laps, right. For those mm-hmm. that don't, you know, don't know pool swimming. <laughs> um, but, 
So the first, so, so it's 75 yards, so it's at three laps. So the first lap is easy. The second lap is all out. And then the third lap is pace. So, and then you rest like 10 or 15 seconds and do it again. So the point is, is you get that, you get that feeling of just blowing yourself open and then settling into a pace, but then you get one lap of just some easy swimming. And that's kind of my barometer for, you know, a couple of weeks out from our race, how I'm going to feel and um, mm. just in getting yourself jacked and, um, and ready to go. So. Interesting. All good stuff. Yeah. All good okay, stuff. Bike. What do you, what do you got for Shelton? Bike. I got, um, <laughs> so <laughs> baby powder. Oh, you and all this shit you put See? all over yourself, man. But, so here's the thing, man. I'm, this is the shit like they don't teach you in, you know, Joel Friel's triathlon Bible. Like this is the stuff you got to have in your at, at your at your disposal. So I know in one of your um, on your triumphproject.org website, you do a, a whole video on transitions and saving yep. time in transitions, which I loved. So I just I slather baby powder all over my shoes. Because, you know, it goes back to the wetsuit. Whenever you put something dry on over a wet body, it ain't going on. So putting that just a shit ton of baby powder in my running and my cycling shoes, um, just so much easier to get them um, to get your feet in there. And, and I keep my shoes on my bike. They're clipped in. So just kind of a side on that. So I'll run barefoot out of transition and um hop onto my bike but the baby powder gets my feet to slide into my shoes pretty easily interesting and they dry my feet really quick (laughs) nope this is not the cinnamon flavored yeah there you go you know it's funny i think i think like my my parents you know one i don't know how i made it this far because i've seen my parents sometimes like watch our kids and i'm like really really because i'm a bit of a hover dad Mm mm-hmm I think back in the day, right? Didn't they use a bunch of baby powder like for kids? And then I think, I think there was like some some uh, pullback from that, being like, oh, "That's like uh, a particulate." Um, well, yeah, there's, I think it's 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 it's, 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 it's is it the talc or whatever it is? It's like yeah, it's basically like asbestos. But so I'm not telling you yeah. put it on your don't yeah. eat it. Put it in your freaking shoes if you so if you're sticking. Don't breathe in your shoe. If you're sticking your now, toes in your mouth after the ride, then you got bigger problems. And this podcast ain't got to handle that. So, are you a sockless runner? I am a sockless runner for um, okay. for for less than half irons. So, um, yeah, and in fact, I got to switch up my shoes again this season, um, which will be a whole different conversation because I'm going. I'm going I'm to check out the on runnings that everybody's talking about. So, but. Oh, um, yeah. My, my last two shoe brands have decided they're they're not going to make shoes anymore. So I am just like so pissed. But yeah, so oh, I'm sock- I'm sockless cyclist and cyclist runner. Yeah, that's the same with me. That's where I was going with asking about the baby powder because yep, exactly. I do notice some people use the socks and stuff. But I'm not I'm not talented enough to be able to go from transition, um, like barefoot to hop on the bike and jump into my shoes. Um, so I actually. I actually throw them in. So here, okay. Yeah, the clip-ons or whatever you call it. But um, I have I have a couple tips on the cycling piece, okay? <laughs> one, 
one is I use cycling shoes <clears throat> rather than triathlon shoes. Okay. And so, so this is just my, this is my theory and my ex- ex- experience and experimentation, if you will. How about that? Right. <laughs> and I've talked to a lot of different people. I think that's been one cool thing about the journey piece is like I've interacted with so many different people. Right. And you get, I know sometimes you're like, everyone has an opinion and I, and it depends on how that's conveyed to you. But I think it's, it's interesting to hear people's points of view. I don't like being talked down to or being talked at, but talked with is great. Right. And Correct. so yep. I've heard a lot of these people give me feedback on what they do. And I came from doing the cycling shoe because in the triathlon shoes that I've, I, you know, started out that way. I'm like, I need a triathlon shoe and all this stuff. And so you have the Velcro, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of more, you know, to kind of go on easier or whatnot. Um, I had a lot of problems with people usually cut those Velcro pieces, depending on if they're a reverse strap. So they go in towards your right. yep. crank, if you will. So I, I think the theory is, you know, some of those are designed to be cut. I would, you know, cut them if they're not supposed to be cut because a lot of times they'll hit the crank or they can hit a component of going on maybe for running and it unflaps itself yep. and then it's just this annoying kind of like putting the the um what is it the deck of cards in your face <laughs> <laughs> your spokes <laughs> yeah the yeah. mickey mantle card but i've noticed that those shoes I, um i preferred the 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 kind of the snugness of the cycling shoe just in my personal opinion mm-hmm. and when i when I thought that I would have a, um, like a detriment in putting the shoe on, mm-hmm. I've noticed that I, I don't think that hasn't affected me. So when my cycling shoe, um, is snug that I've read a bit that you can get a little bit more Watts out of it. Now for the tech geek, you know, the mm-hmm. tech geeky type thing. Um, I'm not really in that world, but from some things that I read, it was saying you can be like, I don't know. Um, get like two to three more watts from mm-hmm. a cycling shoe versus a traveling shoe. <clears throat> I, those out there listening, you can verify that or tell me I'm full of shit. But I got it more for the feel of it. So I liked it that it felt like a more like a, a fuller shoe. I don't have a lot of air venting through it. Mm-hmm. So my feet don't get as cold, I guess, if you will. Um, but I leave it open and I'm able to jump into that thing. And I've often done sprints in my cycling shoe <laughs> and I've not even thrown down the third strap. And so, not, and, and is, is there a specific brand that you like, or is it just cycling shoe in general? You've used it a couple uh, different no, kinds. I just a, yeah. I think just a cycling shoe in general. I mean, okay. I've been stuck with a brand that I, you know, that I have, um, I I've been doing more for like a look type thing. I like kind of a, like a murdered out type all black shoe. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just have a, a gyro or I don't even know how you say their name, but um, yeah, it, yep. I just have a gyro shoe. Got it. it has a Velcro strap and a, um, like a click in for the, for the top strap for your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't have the turn dial, even though I think those are kind of fancy and cool. Yeah. Um, I've oftentimes not even done that that third strap i've just velcroed my mid strap and been off to the races and it's been no problem and getting out of it i i jump out like i do the side saddle type thing and jump out of my shoes but you know it's funny because this winter my one of my things i want to do is buy new cycling shoes because i've used the same style and brand for i don't know 10 plus years and they're just like a like a triathlon shoe but I think to your point, they're never, they were never, they stretch very easily and they're never really snug on my feet. So I think over time they just stretch out 
and um and i'm not worried about losing like two or three watts but gaining a couple of watts would be nice but to your point so it's good to hear that you've had good success with a non-triathlon cycling shoe yeah triathlon specific i should say okay yep half half and under no, no issue i've sprinted in them i've done olympics and i've done halves and i think that transition wise i think i've been I think I do okay in my transition times. So, well, that's good because this year I'm doing all shorter s- stuff. So uh, transitions are key to me this season. So um, good to know. We will definitely have to take that conversation further when I go buy some new ones and sne- and running shoes too. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, I have one more tip for a cycling piece that was given to me that this is this is still hard for me to do. But when I was in California, I was riding with a guy and there's a um there's a huge hill that we were going up as part of the part of the route and he mentioned if i shuffled and he's like hey man how do you ride up hills i'm like you know <laughs> push on the pedal man pedal exactly <laughs> just get up that fucking hill and uh he asked me if i shuffled and coming from surfing i was like i don't know i don't understand what you mean i have no idea what you're uh, talking about and he goes, hey, you know, when, when uh, certain spots that you surf out, if, especially when there's, as the water gets warmer, um, the stingrays can be a concern. And the, and the way you kind of combat those things is that you shuffle your feet in the sand. So Got you it. kind of, you kick up sand and they, they see that and go, you know, I'm out. And so he goes, just like shuffling for stingrays, do you shuffle your feet? And, and I was like, no, I do not. I've never heard of that, you know, whatever. And then I asked a couple other people and they were like, no, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm like, whatever. And I did some research and, and, um, that's why I did this. I, I did a little like tip video too on, on the cycling piece, because when I did a bike fit, the guy asked me how I, how I pedaled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of sat in front of him and he was pedaling and he was like, Oh, I don't know. He gave me a bunch of constructive criticism, <laughs> but it, it fell in line with that shuffling technique. And basically this guy was saying to me is a little less complete than the guy that did the bike fit. But he said that when he goes up the hills, you basically, the shuffle is, is that you're, you're pulling back. So pull back with your ankle mm-hmm. as you're, as you're rotating on the back half. And then you're kicking forward as you're going towards the top portion of your clock, if you will, for the forward stroke. And you're, that is all you're doing. It's just the shuffle to get up the hill. Now I, I messed around with it and I did it on our next ride because I was down there for a little bit. And I did notice that there was more power. Mm-hmm. However, it was a huge, a hugely different, I don't know, demand on my legs. And so I could only do it for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. You know, I don't know. It just felt like the back of my leg or some, some different part of my muscle was firing that I wasn't used to. And so what I did was I ended up kind of integrating it like here and there as I went up the hill. But I mean, I'm telling you that I could notice a difference and I've done that too. Um, in some of my, well, actually in a lot of the races being since this last, I would say last year and a half, I'll shuffle here and there. So I think that's great advice. And I'm going to take that one step further for you. So, you know, we're obviously here in the off season talking about what we're doing. So I'm, I'm doing your Zwifting and I'm doing trainer road and Mm -hmm. the trainer road program that I'm following every Tuesday ride is all about pedal efficiency so it's 100% focused on exactly what you just said, the kick and the pull, um, changing your cadence. And 
But the point is, is because you just said it, your legs are like toast from doing it, but you felt more power. So mm-hmm. I'll throw this out there. This is the time of year to be practicing that stuff on the trainer, right? So because all that is, is you obviously know it's going to make you more efficient, but your muscles are not used to firing those yet. So do mm-hmm. it now in November and December on the trainer. You know, do like every your every Tuesday during your Zwift ride, take like, you know, 10 minutes and just do that and just get your legs to, to, to be more efficient uh, or build up the muscles around that more efficient pedal stroke. And then it'll pay dividends yep. come March and April. Yeah. The, I, I totally agree. That I means it's a great tip and it, I am actively trying to practice it. It, mm-hmm. it definitely is something that um, like on the bike fit piece, the guy, so the shuffle that was told to me was kind of just, just two movements, right? It was kind of just, just a kickback and a kick yeah, forward. Right, kind of right yep. at the mid of the stroke. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy that did the bike fit, he added two more layers to that. So instead of it just being kind of at that mid cadence level, because obviously you're pushing down on the bike, but then you're having momentum, right? Yeah, but so that's then you're a, just yeah. kind of doing this back and forth, back and forth. And he was like, No, I want you to I want you to go heavy ankle. So mm-hmm. heavy heel down, right? Yep. At the top of the stroke. And you're kind of doing this kick forward, heavy down with the ankle. And then as you're coming towards that, let's say six o'clock, now you're, now you're doing a drag. So this is the shuffle piece, yep. right? Shuffling up to like, let's say nine. And then you get us with a pull, yep. with a pull up. And then as you get to like, I don't know, nine, nine ish, 10, that's when you're doing that kickover. So he added kind of, that still has the shuffle in it, but that was his complete cycle um, kind of, recommendation and things that he alleged that were given to like you know top cyclists and these elite people that he coached you know over several several years and i thought okay cool that added more layers for me to practice but again this is like um i equate this to motocross uh in moto you you use a lot of techniques and braking and throttle control to keep your bike especially in jumping to keep it where you want it to be right if you're high on one end like for instance if your nose high Mm-hmm. off a jump you can click on the brake and it t- it lowers your front end if you're low on the front end over a jump now this doesn't save you in all circumstances but if you're slightly lower than you want to be you what you crack the throttle and that inertia raises the front end so those things as you get over practice you don't have to think about it anymore it's a feeling you know you're low you do something you know you're high you do something this is what i equate to in the cycling thing i don't i'm not there so all that shit with this, with the pedaling and all that stuff, I have to think about all those components. And so what happens is, is like I actively am thinking about it and I'm practicing and practicing and I start getting tired and I'm like, fuck, I forget. And then I'm back to my normal, just up and down, up and down, up and down. So I guess my right. goal for myself is to try yeah. to get used to that feeling, right? So that I don't have to think as hard. Well, that's the point. That's, that's why, again, doing it now in November and December, it, it pays dividends in April and May because you don't want to do it in May because, yeah, you're going to be like, screw it. I'm not going to – I got a race. I don't have time to think about this. But if you do it now when there's no race coming up anytime soon, you could just train your muscles to, to be more efficient until eventually it just becomes part of your everyday regular cadence. Yeah. Well, here's here's the cheers to hoping for that. 2018. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, give me a running tip because I think I I think running is one of my things that I don't I know the least about. So, 
yeah, so I'll go back to my uh, my theme of um, powder and body glide. <laughs> so running sockless body glide at the bottom of your feet is like wearing a, an extra layer of socks. Huh. So that body glide goes a long way. Uh, you know, cycling, running, swimming, the bedroom, everywhere. So, but if you put the body glide on the bottom of your feet, it's like having a, like a layer of sock on, and you can run sockless with zero blisters, zero problems. Interesting. I'm telling you, body glide, go out there, go on Amazon right now. It's dirt cheap. It's like five bucks or something stupid like that. It's it saved your life or at least make hmm. it more, more fun. Well, so I have, let's see, I have two, here's the tip that I kind of learned the hard way um, <laughs> in for, for running like the distance for distances, right? I tend to not have, I tended for about, oh, I don't know, a year and a half or so, maybe even two. I never ran over, I'd say four to six miles, mm-hmm. right? Even in the journey, I, I never really even prepared more than that and i had a theory behind it but that we can talk that's another time but but here's the part that kind of kicked me in the butt i came down to uh uh came to colorado whatever and you know i some people have long runs actually i feel like a lot of people it it felt like everybody but me and so i was like okay well let me see if uh i was having a conversation with ben from love the pain and he kind of was like Dude, I don't even think you, we were talking about something and, he, and, and basically I like challenges. And so he's like, I don't even think you can run like two marathons back to back. And I was like, what? And so mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever. So I went, I'm, I'm like, screw you, man. And I went on one day and I went out and I did like 18 miles. Right. Mm-hmm. But I noticed like right at mile like five, my foot started hurting. So I've had a lot of surgeries on my right leg. I think we talked about that before my right foot started hurting and I couldn't figure out why. Cause it doesn't ever hurt. I run, you know, six miles, whatever, not a big deal. I don't have any pain. Mm-hmm. My knee and my foot were getting worse and worse and worse. And I had to stop. I was going for 26 miles. I wanted to show him that I would do two in a row and just go <laughs> pound sand. It was just a little thing. Right. But I had to stop at like 18 or I don't, maybe he was, maybe I got to 20 or something. Um, so here, here's my, here is my point. I, I just jumped from doing a pretty consistent four to six mile click for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I went straight to going to 20, right? <laughs> if you will, 18 to 20, it just in one click. And I thought that athletically and endurance wise that I thought it's not going to be a problem for me to go longer. Right. right. But I think that I didn't train myself up to that point. Um, totally. And I don't know yeah. how much, you know, each people need, but I think, I was concerned like, oh my gosh, you know, the journey ruined my foot or the journey ruined my knee or whatever. And I'm just going to have to deal with this because it hung on for like a month. Mm-hmm. But what I started doing was on like on Saturdays or Sundays, I would incorporate a longer run. I started going to eight and then I went to like 10 or 11 and that's about where I've been doing it. Maybe mm-hmm. 12. And, um, I noticed that after I did a couple of those, the first couple were kind of hard on my leg or whatever. Um, it's gone. Right. I don't have it anymore. And so I think that that was that piece that I'd read about for people saying like, you can't just jump from one to the other. It's stressful on your ligaments and joints and blah, 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 blah. And I think 
I think I literally did that. So my tip, you know, my, my tip that I kind of learned the hard way was like, yeah, you kind of have to incrementally get to things. Even if you think that like me, I thought it's not a big deal. I can handle right. that. Right. Right. That was my naive piece. Yeah. It's because it's yeah. not your, it's not your cardiovascular system that you're taxing. It's your, it's your ligaments and it's your muscles. Well, and that was, you know, learn, learn as you go type of thing. And I there think you go. Equipment, equipment per perspective, the stuff that's gone on with my foot, I can't have too much of a, um, like ultra padded mm -hmm. or like a high arch. I, my foot has to flex a lot. And so <clears throat> I read a couple cool, uh, uh, this book called like the doctor's runner or something like that. <laughs> Um, it's old school, like seventies or something. Yep. And um, it was all about like orthotics and shoes. And I think, I think everybody's so different. I think shoes are like a super touchy subject for a lot of people. But for me, I'm a sockless person and that, that being that, that eliminated a lot of shoe brands a couple of years mm -hmm. back. And I used to run in, I think new balance mm -hmm. and favorite shoe ever. And for years, and that's the only reason I went to on was because they changed their material. Gotcha. So the same, you know, model I used all of a sudden rashed up my foot everywhere. Yep. And I found an on or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get a rash. Like, done. I don't really <laughs> Perfect. So, but I've tried different models of on. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here's a longer distance shoe or whatever. And I could, the second you put it on, I can tell. I'm like, oh, it has a higher arch. It has like a stiffer sole or whatever. And I'll get like foot pain mm -hmm. in like three miles. And so I'm like, oh, can't do it. And I've just felt like. I think some people need to pay attention to that for rather than this trend, because I had a bunch of people telling me about Hoka and like, you know, Jeff, you're, you're ridiculous. Like, why are you running all those 21 days and ons? Like you should be in Hoka's like, mm -hmm. you know, I had people, you know, pitching them pretty heavy and I've never physically tried them. So I'm not, I'm not trying to knock anything, but I just say be cognizant of like what's hype versus, um, you know, or trending or whatever versus what you actually need, because, you know, I could easily, have you know tried to pick a bigger shoe or something like that and maybe hurt myself or something like that and so i would just be cognizant of that and if something's working i, I just i'm not a huge searcher of like the next best thing i feel like yep. if it's working i don't have an issue like why am i gonna you know what i'm saying like well, i'm not really in a big need for that so no i think i think you nailed it i think that's I think that, you know, when people ask me, you know, what do you run in? I'm like, it doesn't matter what I run in. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what I run in because what you run in is going to be completely different because all of our feet are different and all of our issues are different. And so, um, yeah, I 100% I, I agree with you. Don't believe all the hype. All these companies just, they need to, you know, constantly sell new product, right? So they're going to come mm. up with something better or stronger. But if it works, just freaking stay with it. That's why I was pissed. My last two shoe brands, they were working, and then but they weren't keeping ahead of what was hot and cool, and 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 they just stopped making them. I'm like, you guys suck. So yeah, that's where I am right now. Well, I I, I feel you on that because that was my New Balance experience, and it was a real big, huge bummer. So cool. Well, we'll talk offline about on when I get there about a month yeah. or so to buy some new shoes. Well, I'm going to try to close out uh, unless you have anything else. Um, I think it was a good tips and actually a lot longer than I thought. 
Um, yeah, I was laughing at you when you're like, I don't have much to say, so this should be short. And I freaking burst out laughing in my office. I'm like, bah! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> I'm going to just let that one sail over right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to edit that one out. <laughs> no, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try to find the song. I'm literally right now rewinding the tape. I'm going to try to find the song I was originally trying to do for you. Um, cool. It's not my favorite one because, unfortunately, I recorded over that. Um, oh. So, Well, I mean, what are you going to do? I was 17. Right. You, you needed the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, boy. Okay, so let me let me give you some preface to this. All right. Okay, wait, what? Hold on. So you can hear this thing. Tip, click. All right, hold on. Okay, so this was our first attempt at like background vocals. Okay, so me and the me and the guitarist like trying to harmonize. So it's it's pretty funny. Definitely, we had some worst ones. So here you go. So I'm your host, the Prince of Pain. I'm out. This is my band from Seventeen. Jason, thank you for your time and uh, hope someone got some value out of this and have a good laugh at my expense. <laughs> my pleasure, brother. Thank you. It's about to happen. Here you go. okay love it (laughs) last tidbit so it's just it's embarrassing for me but you wouldn't believe us trying to do that part we were so off key when we not to say that that's beautiful by any means that is beautiful compared to where we started and and the part that um where you heard all those drums you wouldn't so many times even at the party we played that song and so when we stop and he does this drum solo, like he like wraps around the drums. I don't know how to do that stuff. He would always drop a stick or break a stick. It would always. <laughs> and so when we were recording it, I remember like we would try and then he'd get to his drums and we just, everyone is like on pause. Like, is this going to be the song? We actually make it to the tape <laughs> because he would go like, diddle, diddle, boo, diddle. and so all of our eyes were big and I specifically remember that. So. Anyhow, there you go. Cool, man. Yeah, I love you all. Uh, crush it with a smile, and um, thanks for, for getting a laugh at my expense. And I'll even let this play a little bit more. So <laughs> turn it off or go do your workout. Oh, that was the ending. There you go.